Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Living Room. Come on in, grab a seat, and get comfortable. We're a candid group of women in various ages and stages of life, and we're willing to get real and tell it just like it is. We're also willing to share what works for us and hope that you can find some things that work for you as well. Today, we are joined by me, Michelle, Christy, Heather, Kate, Jana, Jody, Connie. And we are excited to talk to you about something that I know has been one of my biggest struggles as I have grown as a woman and a person from going to that transitional place, from um, being a kid into adulthood, trying to figure out how to really um, manage and love myself without sacrificing things. I think sometimes as women, we carry this baggage baggage of courage or badge of courage, I should say, that um, sacrifice is our middle name. And so in in that space of conversation, we forget how important it is to take care of ourselves. And Christy, I love your story, and I would love for you to tell that as a, as kind of a foundation for our conversation today. Great. I'd love to. So when I was young, I was in theater. And I loved acting. It was one of my favorite things in the world. I did it in every free moment that I had from the time I was three years old. My mom used to tease and say I was born with a hat and cane. (laughs) And then she delivers it so well. She says, it was very painful. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, I did that all growing up. And for various reasons, when I got married, I thought that that meant it was time to put that on the shelf to put it away, and that was a childish thing, and now it was time to just immerse myself in mothering and in wifing and all of those (laughs) things that that entails. So I gave up on that completely, even though it was a large part of my life. And it got so bad that I couldn't even go to the theater Mm -hmm. to enjoy a play or enjoy a musical. I would go to the bathroom during intermission and close the door and put my head against the stall and just sob silently and tears because I missed it so, so much. And it was really rough. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I think each of us can relate to that to a certain extent. I know I remember for me after I had my first child, um, it happened at the same time as a store, a scrapbooking store right in our neighborhood has their anniversary sale. And I begged, <laughs> begged, 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 begged my husband to take me to the scrapbooking store, even though I had a, a five day old baby. And he said he would just sit and wait in the car. And I just walked in and I walked down one aisle and I immediately started to sob. Here I am sobbing in the pebbles in my pocket because I know I am never, ever going to scrapbook ever again. <laughs> And I sat there for a minute and I tried to compose myself because I it was my first baby. I was already kind of weepy and I didn't need my husband to go, oh no, now what are you crying about? But I, I cleaned myself up and I went outside and he's like, your upper lip is red. What happened? 
Aww. And and I just told him, and I started to cry again. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to scrapbook again. And he was very kind and very loving. And of course, it was a while. Uh, but we have to figure some of those things out. But I think each of us has a story kind of like this, where we had that moment where we thought, I have to give up a piece of who I am um, in order to be, or we're working all the time. And our life shifts into a different way, whether you're a mom or not. You're trying to think, gosh, now I have to get fully into my career, whatever that is. Uh, what are some of the reasons why you feel like we give up some of those things that we love the most? And what kind of things have happened to you where you can kind of resonate with similar stories? For me, I wasn't even aware that I was sacrificing. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, you know, it's your middle name, like you say, Jenna Sacrifice Park, and that's me. Yes. And so <laughs> I'm kind of plowing through it, and you just take on more and more, you know. And I've always been a working mother, and so I had the kid thing and the job thing, always. And at a certain point, I didn't realize until I got very depressed, and I had a friend tell me, you never do anything for yourself, not anything. And this friend took me out into the mountains and she said, you gotta go hiking. I'm like, oh, I love this. You know, I had forgotten, I yeah, oh, this exists, yeah. It was like, just pulled me out of there. And it, it really made a big difference for me. And I do take time now, but boy, yeah, I, I didn't realize at the time mm. that I was doing it. Well, and do you think society tells us we're better the more when we're this oh, yeah. sacrifice martyr, right? Yes, absolutely. We we get praise. It's like, oh my gosh, the more she juggles and the better she yes. makes that juggle look, the better she is. Yes, right, exactly. And so we try to live up to that because society's telling us that that's who we should be. That yeah. we need to make time for everyone else, and the person who can do that the best and forget themselves. By all means. Wins. It is. It's kind of how we live, right? Yeah. Which is so sad. I have a story of my mom, the the martyr mom. I love my mom to death, but this is like <laughs> a perfect example. But this is my mother that writes her own Mother's Day tributes every year, and then she'd have my dad read them. And then she'd cry at, like, at what she had written. So I mean, So this is my awesome mom. She was awesome. One for her, then she I know, write her I thought my dad should have. What the heck? Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So he started writing them after that. But anyway, um, so my mom, one day on her birthday, my dad was out of town and we have 10 children and she, um, anyway, she has 10 children and, and she had given us all money to buy presents at the store for her and had cleaned the whole house and had ordered pizza and done all the stuff for her own birthday, made her own birthday cake. <laughs> and the, the, the pizza came and, um, we just started wolfing it down. And my mom was like, so, you know, this is the, the end for her doing all this stuff herself. Nobody says happy birthday. Nobody does anything. We don't even, we don't even get a prayer. Like she's like, come on, can we at least pray? And we're just wolfing it down. And, and then she silently just says, happy birthday, mom. Like that. And we're like, yeah, happy birthday, mom. You know, and shove, give me another piece of pizza. And, and so she excuses herself and goes, you know, sulks to the bathroom where it's her her queen of the castle place where she goes and gets in the tub and and anyway and so after a while we realize once the pizza's gone you know that mom what we've done <laughs> in our own little way and so we start sliding notes under the door to her you know happy birthday mom I'm sorry we loved you you know happy birthday whatever and then the my brother who was 16 at the time shoved the last note under the door and my mom got it and opened it and it said Mom, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Love, Eric. <laughs> and she, and luckily it went this way, not the other way, because she could have killed him too. But 
but she just laughed and laughed and laughed because she knew it was exactly what she would have said if the tables had been turned and she just took it so well and just thought you know what this is ridiculous it's my birthday and came out and we all had a good time but the we pet. tend to do that sometimes as a mom as we're the martyr the pity martyr yeah. her as pity moms party. don't we all feel that way a little bit of around course. our birthdays yeah, yeah. yeah my husband and i call it the birthday beast oh. she appears about one week before my birthday <laughs> and Luckily, yeah, this year, she wasn't that evident. She just but, gets uh, smart and starts planning exists. her own. Uh, well, I know for myself, I think one of the things I thought was that all of these things that I love to do would take away from my children. It would mm -hmm. take away time from them, from me helping them develop their potential, me helping them to become the people they want to be or spending time with them. And so I worried so much about that that I put that away and just thought, I'll do that at 2 a.m. You know, or I'll do that in the off hours, whatever. And I still think there's phases of your life where you just have to put some things to the side. And I think a lot of it is about adjusting. You just adjust the things you love to do and sometimes put them away for a year or two because you just have situations that are like that. But I, I didn't realize that I was actually adhering to this kind of perspective of thinking that playing the piano or writing or any of these things that, that it was taking away time from them when it wasn't. And so I had to figure out some solutions that way. But that was a mindset that I had to recognize I even was holding before I could deal with it. Well, and so much of that adds, I think, to, to who we are and our relationship with our children as exactly. mothers. You know, even the piano thing, you mentioned that. I My mother loves to play the piano, and instead of her shelving it, mm. she would play the piano and she'd time it so that she was playing when we'd walk in from school every day. Mm. Oh, and so I have fun. this unbelievable memory of walking in from school every single day and her playing the piano. Now, she didn't do it for six hours, and it didn't mean like... Nobody right. got food and she never did anything else, but she just took, you know, 30 minutes a day and it happened to be time there to where it becomes a part of our family's memory. That's and right. like Christy mm -hmm. loves to live by our story, right? Our yes. family story. I love that. And so I think we have to realize who we are and taking care of ourselves becomes part of our family story too. Yes. But we have to be selective in what we choose. You know, Heather, I have a thing just like that. I shelved the piano and then I decided that I could play at night when the kids were in bed. My mom used to do that when we were little. And so my oldest son, who's now in college and launched, he, um, he sent me a, a text the other day and said that he had just heard this Brahms piece on the radio and it reminded him of me because Aww. he remembered that I used to play that when he went to bed at night and he loved going to bed hearing the piano music. Isn't that so sweet? That is lovely. And that's an adjust. I love that. Yeah. That she yeah. chose to do it at night instead of maybe where she would have wanted to do it, but did it when it worked best and look at what a gift it was. Yeah, that's sweet. That's great. Well, and I just, I love all these stories and I appreciate all of you for sharing those because I think they all happen to us. And for me, I, I know that I had to figure out that my regular schedule or keeping scrapbooking things out every weekend wasn't going to work. But now I have a scrapbook weekend and I go away once a year and I have figured out how to get my scrapbooking done in four days for the year. <laughs> wow. I am still ages behind, but you know, I get my pages done or whatever, but I think that we all kind of pick and choose those things and when it's important to come back. And I, I always feel like like my and just like Christy's story, if you, if you, as if you, as you think about that and think about those things, the things that we shelve and put away, we have to figure out how to bring them in in appropriate places. It's not okay for me to quit everything and go scrapbooking full time and ignore my kids and just toss breadcrumbs at them. But <laughs> trying to figure out those right answers for us within our own relationships, within our own marriages, our kids, our circumstances, and so. Um, 
I would love to have everyone share a little bit, and maybe Christy, you can start. Um, how do you bring in some of your favorite hobbies? What are what are the ways that you do allow and give yourself some of that permission, um, so that you're getting the self care that you need, so that you can fill your well and give other people what your people what they need. Thanks, Michelle. So I guess I'll finish with the rest of my story, which was about 14 years after I gave up the theater. Mm. I just decided on a whim to go audition for a play. And I felt really rusty, and I will be honest, it was the worst audition I've ever had. <laughs> it was terrible. But I took my kids with me, and we both, we all three of us auditioned for this play. And we were cast in the play, and we spent the summer doing this play. And, you know, I had big aspirations of going and being on Broadway. I was accepted to Juilliard. I was accepted to tons of prestigious art schools, and I had these big dreams. But I remember thinking uh, that summer on this little dinky set that was held together <laughs> by duct tape <laughs> that I could not imagine having any more joy on a Broadway stage yes. than I did on this tiny little stage in a little tiny community with 25 people in the audience and my children with me and just the well of myself that was filled from that I, I can't imagine that it would be any greater in a Broadway setting. And one night we were driving home from our performance and my kids said, Mom, we like you at the play. You're <laughs> fun at the play. And I said, well, yeah, I'm a fun person. And they said, yeah, you are. It's so fun to see you like that. And I realized in that moment it was really a profound realization to think that we are depriving our children, and if we don't have children, the people around us, our families, of who we were meant to be. When we take all of those things out of us that make us us, as Heather said, in this societal self-sacrifice, we are depriving the world of who we are. And we cannot do that. So instead of giving it up, might I suggest that we grab our children or grab our best friend or grab the people around us and jump in all together and find a way that that works. I really believe that we can have it all as long as we are willing to adjust what have it all looks like. Yeah, I may not be mm. on a Broadway stage by myself, but I'm there on a community stage with my kids and it's just as meaningful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I did the same thing, exactly what you're talking about. I took my six-month-old baby, put him in a baby Bjorn, and hit the trails. I, my friend took me out hiking. I kept the hiking thing going. And my little boy would get so excited. He'd flop his arms in the little backpack, you know. He'd throw rocks in the stream. It was so joyful, just like you're saying. And doesn't it make you a better mother mm. when you've done a little something like that for yourself? You come home and you're reanimated, yes. you're rejuvenated, yes. and you, you attend to everyone so much better than you would if you were burned out. Oh, yes. In fact, I love, I don't know if you remember hearing of Leo Buscalia, but he wrote yeah. several books and he taught at Berkeley, taught a class Love 1A. They used to give him a hard time. Cute. But um, <laughs> he wrote Living, Loving, and Learning. And I love, in that book, he talks about this lady he met on a plane and she was going to, I think it was the Caribbean, to um, find herself. And she had gone through a divorce and he said, she said, I always did everything he wanted to do. I entertained his friends and I decorated his house and I did all these things. And he said, well, what would you have liked to have done? And she said, I would like to have thrown pots. Meaning ceramic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And he said she didn't understand that that's what she needed to do because all those other things he could have paid for, but this was her. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that. And the thing that I have learned about the self-care is that what it wasn't a takeaway to my kids. It actually helped me to spring up the seedbed things in them that I, there are children. So they're likely going to have things that are like us, or even if they're not exactly like it's pursuits, it's creativity, it's passions that I turned in a manuscript for a book that I had written and I was celebrating it with my kids. And the next night I came in and found that my daughter had started her own book. She had stapled paper together. She had written things. She'd even illustrated And then when she brought it to me, she read it to me and it was darling. Oh my gosh. She even had the hook. She even had everything in it. And as as we got done, I said, well, you know, you need to have your name on the front because real authors put their name on the cover. And she was like, oh yeah. Okay. And put her name on the cover. And she ended up going on and writing some series of this book just for herself, for fun. But I, it really touched me that all the things that I give to them, it adds to them and then they take it and run with it in the way they want. It doesn't have to be in writing because that's similar, but I've noticed that with all of my kids, whether it's music, whether it's arts, that it gives them that confidence when they see me do it and see my struggles and, oh my gosh, I don't know if I did this well enough and what do you think about this? And here, read that and here, bring these boxes in with me to go and sell them. That when I involve them, it adds so much to them and trying to keep that balance is important. But when I do that, man, they become so much more and then we're connected it's a synergy we share and and there's this these bonds that are built that's the beauty of this self-care taken to that aspect I also think with our spouses we forget that they fell in love with those people I know that at that play I was talking about my husband I looked up the first night and I saw tears and my husband is not a crier and I asked him that night I said were, were you crying out there? Was it windy? What was happening? And, <laughs> and he said, no, I saw you. And that is the girl I fell in love with. Aww. You Sweet. have to Beautiful. keep doing this. And Ooh, that's, that's been lovely. now two and a half years. And he supports me. I'm in a play right now. And, every, you know, three nights a week, I'm gone. And he makes the dinner. And he supports me that's in that awesome. because that's we give up on those people that they fell in love with. And that's not good either. That's yeah. really... Thank you for that. Kate? Um, I think... It, so this doesn't work right now because I'm, I'm pregnant. But um, <laughs> usually I like to run. I love to run. Physically running. I'm not super fast. But physically when I run, it literally feels like I'm running away from everything and just clearing <laughs> my mind and not even in a bad way like I mean you love you always come home and that's where you are but there is something really empowering about just getting you don't have to run walk whatever but just getting outside in nature same thing as Jana yeah, and really and running and just breathing I just especially I take it so for granted but every time I'm pregnant I'm always just so excited for when I get to run again or when I see people outside I, I remember you know and it's like so much heavier and I feel like I'm running with center blocks around my legs once the <laughs> baby comes out and I get to run but I'm so thrilled to get out and breathe and run and and it also makes me I think very grateful for my body every time I'm out and running and that that um so but right now my self-care is allowing myself copious amounts of fast food sleep and neglect (laughs) which is great yeah Yeah. but really it is so nice for me to go you know what 
I know I get really sick. I'm not going to be out running, but the blessing is the takeaway. The one really positive thing for me during this time that is my self-care is I'm a really go, go, go person. I rarely sit down and watch something with my kids or read with them. I wish I did. I don't. That's just the truth of the matter. I'm a big, okay, you're at the park. I'm doing this while I'm watching you at the park. I'm going to write. I'm going to do this. And it's just go, 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 go. But during my pregnancy, because I'm so sick, my kids and I sit a ton of the time together. And it's my one positive. Even though I feel miserable, they sit with mom and we read. Or we watch two, three movies. And yes, that's probably not great, but but we sit Mm -hmm. together. And it is such a blessing for nine months that my kids and I just sit. And And they share in that self-care. Yes, and it just is the one thing that they, we both do during that time. And I love that you bring that up because I think that I'm sure we could even spend 30 minutes just talking about fitting in exercise and how we take care of our bodies. (laughs) We're avoiding it. (laughs) I always think how important, even just getting outside fresh air is as, as important to our self care. And, and I always think of that show legally blonde where they're like, she, there's no way she killed him because she's an exerciser. And and then the exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins (laughs) make you happy and happy people don't kill people. And I I just think that same thing. I know that when I make time for something physical, even if it's not like running 30 miles, you know, I just finding a way to do that really helps me get in tune with my body. It gets me back into my body. So I'm really, if I feel that healthy, well, I'm not dragging all day for that whenever that happens. Let's see, Jody, what do you want to share? Well, you know, this particularly, this last couple of months have actually been, I would get a big fat F on self-care. Um, I'm going through some health issues that um, have just popped up again. And it's something I have to do. Uh, regularly, I have Epstein-Barr virus, and so I've been kind of back in a swing. But I will make a mention that it's been eye-opening again to say um, bringing in fresh flowers and buying mm. the spring flowers. It's spring as we're recording this. Absolutely. And while I can't do big self-care because I, I really like to do things for people, and I know somebody might say, oh, that just sounds so altruistic. But the reality is, is I really, I'm kind of built that way. I take after my dad and Part of what I do for me is I love to see what somebody needs. And sometimes that means I don't take good self-care because I'm motivated by that great feeling that says, I can go do this. Um, And uh, and so I've had to step back and kind of look at that and just say, you know, the, the one thing I can do right now is I go buy some fresh flowers, put them in a vase, put them in three different places in my house. I've gone to the nursery and brought that life back in. And I guess that's really visual to me to say, (laughs) I have to reestablish some of these self-care rituals Mm -hmm. that I think I'm doing because I get such a feel good from being able to, um, to serve in the way that I do. I help sober living ladies that are in my neighborhood recovering from addiction. And I just, I love it. And I think I'm taking care. But isn't that interesting that in the sense that you think you're, we take care of our kids, we take care of others. Mm-hmm. We, and so I'm still, in a sense, trying to say, I've got to redefine that. And so I'm starting simple. And it's mm-hmm. been in these last, these last two months, I brought Beautiful. in fresh flowers and just yes. started to say, that is my joy. That's where we start. And I wish I could say I'm a bath person, but I'm not. It just takes too much time to take a bath. Uh, But I I did buy a bath uh, with my daughter the other day, one of those bath uh, 
Oh, Aren't they great? Oh, yeah. So maybe I'll report back yeah, and tell you, you I have another self ritual. <laughs> but for now, it's the flowers. I love it. I love that you shared that. There's a there's a great quote. I don't even know what her name is, but she calls herself Mama Gina. She has a whole series on Mama Gina, Gina's Guide to the Womanly Arts. But she talks about how if you like flowers, don't wait for someone to give them to you. Give them to yourself. Love and that. how great mm-hmm. that is to treat. And she's like, treat yourself every day like it's your birthday. And for some of us, it doesn't have to be expensive. But we, we tell ourselves on our birthday, I can take a bath or I can do this or I can do that. We make yeah. that. But what can we do every day? Because I think it's so easy to sacrifice and run all day on empty. And then at the end of the day, we're like, oh, this is hard. This is exhausting. Instead of figuring out how to fill our own wells first. Heather, what do you want to add to that? Well, I think this is a good segue and really interesting. And it might come out wrong, but I know for me, what really helps is recognizing that I chose this. Mm-hmm. I, I did. Yeah. I chose. I chose this. I chose this life. I chose to get married. I chose to have children. I chose to juggle children with, you know, teaching at a local university. I chose everything that's in front of me. Mm-hmm. No one forced it on me and said, oh, your stuff, deal with it. Right? right? I made those choices. And so when I remember that, it, it takes on a whole new perspective, what I'm trying to do and what I need to do, because I realize, wait, I chose to have each and every one of you, and I chose to juggle, and I chose to put some of my passions aside for a season or you know what? I choose to get up at 5.30 every morning so I can make it to the gym because that matters. I chose those things. And so when I recognize that it's choosing, instead of feeling like a martyr or like I don't take care of myself, it really alters the way I see it. Instead, mm-hmm. it's, wait a second, I've chosen this, I'm in charge of this, and now I can do things the way I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, just that mindset of recognizing that, again, it's a choice and I made that choice changes everything when it comes to taking care of myself mm-hmm. when it comes to handling those things absolutely right. and i i think that's so powerful what, whatever it is that you do that you powerfully choose it and mm-hmm. that you know we're choosing that in every stage of our lives and i think that's so great uh, one of the things i have started to do since i had kids is what i call a power up and power down routine it's fairly common in the personal development space people talk about a power hour or you know the 5 a.m miracle and i don't think it has to be an hour and i don't think it has to happen at 5 a.m which is <laughs> great you. But one of the things that I realized is that um, one of my transitions from being a a working person to being a mom was that the alarm clock wasn't waking me up anymore. It was a screaming kid that that is crying in the bedroom and that has a need. And so I was immediately jumping into that. And so I had to figure out for myself how to start my day with me. And um, the power up and power down is what I call it. People call it lots of different things, morning ritual, whatever you want to call it. But I like the idea of charging my day Mm -hmm. and then cooling down. And so I just do a couple of simple things and if any of these things resonate with you make a note and give it a try I always tell uh, my clients my friends that want to take this on take the 21 day challenge figure out how you can implement something like this for you and whether that's a hobby or or just this simple power principle Um, I just get up in the morning I do a little bit of exercise this is not my exercise time but I do something to wake up my body go downstairs grab a glass of water do some stretching whatever that is just so I don't immediately fall right back to sleep because that's what I would do anyway and then I read something motivational or inspirational. I usually do um, my spiritual time in the evening, but um, it can be that too. But I'll also read through my goals. I have my goals written. And so I read through those so that my brain is focused on the things that are most important. I've got statements and goals about my kids, about my businesses, about my family, my relationships. And that just helps me get grounded on what matters most instead of feeling behind. It's really very motivating. And then um, I just, I close the, I close that session with some gratitude. I'm grateful for this day that I've been given. And then at the end of the day, I do gratitude again. That's how I start my power down. I write down five things that I'm grateful for so that I can focus on all the things that went well. 
I'll review my schedule for the next day so I'm not lying in bed going, wait a minute, is that dentist appointment at one or two? <laughs> wait a minute, is that? And then I can't even sleep. So I just review the schedule really quickly. Again, read something inspirational. I do my spiritual time, prayers, journals, um, scripture reading. And and then I close my day with something simple where it's just bookending. Bookending that it's me. That even if that's the only thing I get and I'm not getting scrapbooking and I'm not getting reading, that I've got something that just says I am focused on who I am as a woman, as a person, and I've got my roles in that place. So if you're interested in learning more about the Power Up and Power Down, that is all there on our site at fromthelivingroom.com. If, you, if you're loving these shows, we are loving them bringing to you. We would love to see and hear your honest feedback. If you'll go to iTunes and leave a review so that we can hear what you're liking, what you're not. And if you ever have any suggestions or requests for a show, we really hope that you will let us know about that. You can submit those through our site as well. But we love that feedback. We want other people to see it as well. And reviews really help others um, like you find shows just like this. So thank you so much for joining us today as we talk about how we really take on the role of self-care and honoring who we are as women in every stage of our life so that we can find things that we can continue to enjoy doing and bringing that joy every single day, regardless of the many demands that we have. So we hope as you do that, that you will um, take a takeaway, one little thing that you can do to really be you and honor you as you move forward in whatever path you're on. Thank you so much for joining us. And just a reminder, give yourself, your life, your family, some living room. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.